everyone, and welcome to the Nintendo Fuse Podcast. This is episode 269, recorded on April 10th, 2023. And we're here to talk all about the new Super Mario Brothers movie that just released last week. We're going to talk a little about the, the Tetris movie that also dropped on Apple TV and all the different news and rumors that's come out over the last couple of weeks. My name is Steve, and I'm so glad to, to be here to join you to talk about games. Of course, I am also joined by Barry. Hey, Barry, how's it going? Hey, Steve. Always a pleasure. And of course, joined by Greg as well. How are you doing, Greg? Doing pretty good for the most part. Did have a little difficulty over the last week as I had to put my iconic hat down. So, mm, so true. no longer will be featured in our podcast video stream here on YouTube. That is sad so for, for multiple reasons, but because it did not only for you, but that that cat actually meant something to the podcast too. So, a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of people when he crawl on the screen, a lot of people were really happy to see the cat. So that's, that's really sad for, for many reasons. So moment of silence. Well, I'm so, uh, so sorry for you, Greg, and hope it, hope you're doing okay. Um, Mm -hmm. with that, but, um, yeah, as we've talked about multiple times before on and off the podcast. Yeah. Pets are, pets are hard like that. Like they're, they're great when they're around, but it sucks when they have to, they have to go as well. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's one of those things, I guess, but, yep. but, uh, anyway, we're going to be uh, talking all about video games on this episode of the podcast. If you are new and you've never joined us live, uh, we would love for you to let us know what all your thoughts are, what we talk about tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. Then we're going to hit those, uh, those reviews about the movies and kind of discuss our thoughts around those. And then we're going to hit some big headlines, let you know about what's going on in the news world of video games. And then we'll wrap up talking about what's coming up over the next couple of weeks. So that's kind of the outline of where we're going on this episode. So be kind of thinking ahead. If you are joining us live, we'd love to know what your thoughts are. Just throw them in the live chat, either on YouTube or Twitch. If you've never gone live with us, we go live every other Monday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time and at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time. And uh, yeah, we'd love to have you in the chat and joining as the the fourth member of the podcast team as well. But uh, yeah, let's let's jump in without delay to what we have been playing, and let's start with Barry's night. Uh, so this, I'm I'm still trying to to finish up stuff before my impending uh, child destroys my life and changes everything <laughs> for the future. Uh, so I'm still doing Pokemon Unite, uh, still doing daily stuff. I've uh, been playing some Theater Rhythm. They dropped the uh, near first pack of near DLC, and I've been slowly going back and finishing some quests and just just having fun playing through some of my favorite songs. Uh, last time I was playing Bayonetta Origins, uh, this time I finished it, uh, as well as the bonus uh, Jean mode that they added at the end. I really liked it. I, at first, I was like, I'm not going to play this game because I do not like when you control two characters at the same time. And while well, I'm still not a fan of that, <laughs> I did enjoy it. I didn't 100% it, but I did enjoy the story. I did enjoy playing it. There's a lot of nods if you're a Bayonetta fan. There's certainly some really like moments that you just smile. Uh, so they knew what they were doing. A lot of fun. Uh, do do highly recommend it. It's very different than the other Bayonettas. Of all franchises that Nintendo has their hat in, to do a game in a storybook style that's that's read to you uh, like like an old grandmother reading to their grandchild, 
Uh, Bayonetta is definitely not the game I would think they would do, but they did it, and it works, so hats off to them. <clears throat> um, then I played Kirby, Kirby Return to Dreamland, Deluxe. I went through that. Uh, the uh, All I'm missing is the extra mode, just because I don't like to replay games, so I figure I'll, I'll go back to it in bits and pieces. But I 100% of the main story. I did the arena. I did like 107 of the, the missions in the, the amusement park. I did uh, the Magalore bonus that I really want to look forward to, 100% of that. And uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun. It was quick, uh, just a quick play, just, just something lighthearted and great. Um, but my next big game, which I was hoping to finish before the podcast, and I am close, uh, is on the PS5. It's Alteria Ryza 2. Uh, the third game came out. It looked fantastic. I meant to play this game last year after I did the first game, but I never did. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do two so I can do three. And I've fallen in love. Like I, I, It's so much better than the first game. The first game was great. I love these characters. You know, I'm really excited to see where the third game goes. I'm really excited to see where this game finishes. Uh, it's just a great JRPG series. My biggest problem with the first game was the, was the crafting because you had to craft certain things to move on and you need to sit there and grind your crafting level. This time you still have to craft things to move on, but it's significantly easier to do it. You don't, there's no crafting level, so you can do it pretty much, uh, right away. And they give you most of the ingredients you need anyway. So it's not a hurdle. Uh, I feel it plays better. It flows better. Um, but it's still a little cryptic. There's some times where you're like, where do I go? And oh, I have to go to this specific zone or I have to rest a day or two. Um, definitely recommend, though. Um, very, very much uh, a fan of the series. And I'm looking forward to the third game. Uh, PC still doing Final Fantasy XIV. And, of course, mobile still doing Mario Kart Tour. Cool. Cool. Again, just a reminder, if you're watching live, let us know what you've been playing as well. Or if you're listening after the fact or watching after the fact on YouTube, please let us know in the comments as well. Greg, what you've been up to lately over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, so this week my list is much shorter than normal. I had like some extra time with my daughter from her spring break and everything. So it was much more Roblox and stuff like with her and even a few times like a like just playing a part over online and everything with that. But then also, like, I'm still continuing with Fire Emblem Heroes, but on Switch, I was did some significant progress in Oregon Trail. So um, it's like a pretty much a continuation or like a remaster of, like, the Apple original one that pretty much most people, like, around our age range probably played in at school and in our grammar school days. But it's really cool how they really stayed true to it, but then really expanded it in the ways that you'd want to see it. So you can kind of like customize your party, like an RPG and can bring in like the different uh, classes of characters, like the banker and the farmer and stuff. And then each one has certain stats where like, Oh, it might, if you like run into like a disaster or something, then you probably want, like, if it's going to be like money related, then they have like diplomacy, like skills to kind of haggle down for like the prices and stuff. If like you want to, not pay as much or trade for like trade less materials away for other ones that you want to get. And then in addition, like the farmer helps take care of the animals and also subsequently is a better hunter for when you actually do like the hunting mode. So it does like praise. It's like, it kind of keeps like that original hunting screen, like mostly intact. So it's like the very generic, like a almost like eight bit style, like design where you're just like a, like a 2d character and you can just spin in any of the, 
pretty much all the uh, eight directions and just shoot and fire as many shots as you can at the animals. There's still like a buffalo and deer and like the rabbits and stuff. So it's like all the same types of animals that you you found in the original game. So it's really cool the way they expanded on that. And in addition, like there was like even like some multiple paths to take through. So there's like a little map that you get to kind of select if you want to like take a top or bottom route thing. So if you've kind of played Metopia, it's kind of similar to that where each level has like a branching path and it's you still get to the same end destinations and stuff, but you can kind of take different routes and each route can have different uh, hazards and stuff that you run into and still has like the RNG of like when your wagon breaks down and stuff. So it's got it's still die of dysentery. Yeah, that's actually one of the that's, that's one of the achievements actually. So yes. it's like it does have like built in like achievements and stuff for completing like the story segments and doing certain things. Like if you made it through without getting sick, or you made it through without the wagon breaking, or whatever. So it's like there's all these different like achievements for like you can unlock during your adventure. So it's definitely really cool and true to the original, but also like pretty much modernized it. So it's awesome game i definitely recommend it for anyone that was a fan of the playing the game in the 90s and if you did it like you could still easily dive into it it's still a lot of fun to play and it's still got that classic gameplay that can keep you wanting to play for hours nice nice well uh for maybe the first time ever i think i might have a longer list than barry uh, which, <laughs> which Whoa. is, uh, yeah, what? <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> I know what happened. Uh, Do we need there... an hour count here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to try to run through these as quick as I can, but I do have, uh, there's a lot of games that they're indie games, uh, that I think, I think for all of them, I got codes, uh, most of them unsolicited before and just finally got around to actually getting some time to, to play some of them and, and spend some time with all of them. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to try to give it like a quick little summary of each of them and tell you my thoughts on all of them as I go through. So bear with me, but I'm going to try to try to do all that. Um, the first one is hyper five. Uh, so it just came out actually today or tomorrow. I can't remember from hyper, uh, from East Asia soft. Um, but, uh, it's a shmup and it claims to incorporate more like realistic graphics and modes and but um so it promised a lot um as is tends to be the the case with a lot of shmups lately at least uh indies that east asia soft puts out unfortunately um but i'll just say that the menus are weird um it has voice out voice acting um so that's cool but it's not balanced well so i don't know if you remember back in like the like SNES days when they started to put voice acting in like Star Fox, for instance, it's like it was kind of overpowered by the music and it can't really exactly tell what it's saying. So it's kind of like that or even better yet, like the the voice acting that was kind of in like Top Gun for NES like that. It's like very faint. You're like, I think that's what they said. That's kind of like the the you can adjust it in the options to like give the the voices a little bit more. I'm like, but why do I have to do that? It should be balanced better from from the, the, the company themselves. But anyway, um, it's also got a unnecessarily high difficulty at the very beginning. So you get shot through explosions, which is great because there's a huge explosion and then they're shooting you through the explosion. You don't even know how to dodge. So like that's, that's fun. And then also you get shot at from all around. So as the, the ships pass you, they'll, they'll shoot at you from all the, all around. So you're constantly having to dodge. 
you get blindsided. Uh, the second level, I got blindsided by a uh, laser beam that came out of nowhere. As soon as it popped on the screen from the right, it started shooting and you can't dodge it because it's a laser beam that goes all the way across the screen. Um, and there's, there's cutscenes which are cool, but you, they play each time and there's no way to skip them. So if, if a boss battle comes up, you're, you're flying, you're shooting from the behind for a while, and then eventually it crosses you. And then you're on the other side, you can't turn around and shoot. So you play as a cut scene, which has your, your ship flying by it and then turning around and coming at the other direction. And then you start playing again. And then it all happens again and again until the time runs out where you beat the boss. And so, like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to say pass on Hyper 5. <laughs> um, there's very few redeeming qualities to that one. Um, I also played Fury Furry, or sorry, Furry Fury Smash and Roll, uh, which is kind of a one-on-one or a team-based top-down battle game. And so um, levels are sometimes random. Like when the enemies and items uh, show up and you play it, but you're you're basically like this little furry character that's in a ball and you're shooting yourself across and you have power ups, but I couldn't figure out how to use them. I think they might be automatic um, and I'm not really sure what I'm rolling over all the time. Um, I'm not sure how hits are calculated and some enemies are confusing and it's more of a trial and error kind of a thing. Um, the difficulty though ramps up well. Like it's, it's pretty easy at the beginning and then it does, uh, it ramps up, but it's at a good pace. Um, but also I found myself playing it quite a bit, even though, um, even if it wasn't at the level that I would have preferred that game to be like, there's some, there's some nitpicky things, um, like not really sure what the power ups were and things like that. I, I'd found myself all of a sudden it was like an hour later. I'm like, why am I still playing this game? Um, so it, it pulled me in, even though like. It wasn't it wasn't perfect, um, but I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I also played another game called In. I think it's what it's called. It's I I N. It's a puzzle game that has absolutely no instructions whatsoever. So uh, you have to figure out what to do in the beginning. It's not too difficult, but you just need to go into it knowing that that you're going to have to figure out what the what to accomplish and how to do it. And um, and then there's a lot of trial and error, of course, uh, and try to just work it through. But the big thing comes into play is when you are, when you, once you beat it, um, is try to beat it even faster because there is an online leaderboard. And that's what kept me coming back faster and faster to try to get up on the leaderboard. So I think I'm number three uh, in the world for the top, uh, for the very first level right now. I think I'm like 11 for second level and like five, I think. For the uh, the third level or something, so yeah, um, it's pretty fun. Um, probably only that good because there's not a ton of people playing it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, played another puzzle game called Windowsill, which is a really simple puzzle game. Um, I'd I'd say think of it like each level is incredibly simple but artsy escape room, where you have to figure out the solution for that one screen level or one, yeah, one, uh, one screen level to, to progress to the next level. Um, it's really short though. I, I beat it in well under an hour, maybe even 30 minutes. I can't remember exactly, but it was pretty short. Um, but, uh, but it was well done and it's, it's very artistic. Um, it all came from this guy's drawings and then they turned it into a, a game. Um, so if you kind of like coming up with, uh, challenges to, to overcome, like, like escape room kind of stuff, it's, it's pretty fun. Um, played Sky Children of the Light, 
which is a beautiful progress focused adventure. Um, I don't even know if there's enemies in the game, um, but it's also unclear what to do sometimes. Feels like I think it's on online multiplayer as well, where you're playing all at the same time as other people. Um, so you can cooperate if you want to, or you can go at it solo. Uh, it says that the music is and the atmospheric sounds are a big part of the game. So I put on my headphones. I was ready for it. And it was really good, but I don't really know if it was a huge like part of my experience. It was it was good, but it wasn't like, oh, this really adds to it. Um, and so I'm I'm withholding my final thoughts on that one because I've I've only really just started that game. Played another one called actually I don't know how to pronounce this. It's called Kickerinho World. Kickerinho World. I don't know. It's a soccer juggling game uh, that has your one character facing you and it's just a it's a mobile game that they ported over to to switch and basically you use because your your character is facing you you're you're mirrored so it's like zl for the r for the right foot zr for their left foot and then if you hold down both it's using your head to to head the ball and then uh apparently you get to select your character at the beginning but it didn't really give me an option for more but it didn't really matter anyway and the problem is that i couldn't get past the second stage where you had to head the ball because it kept telling me to use both buttons even though i was and it wasn't a something wrong with my controller because i'd use it at another time and it worked perfectly fine so it was like it's precision timing and something's messed up with it not registering hits like button presses when it should. So yeah, I spent a whole maybe 15 minutes with that game. Uh, and then I played a game called rubber bandits, which is uh, almost like this top down brawler on a single screen stage. Uh, you can play a solo or against or with other uh, three other players. Um, and it's uh, cross platform as well, which is, which is kind of cool. Um, you have, it's kind of rubbery controls, but it, it, fits the genre that they're going after it's like they're embracing the fact that it's kind of rubbery controls and you're like swinging your limbs around to, to fight things you can pick up probably pretty much anything in the room and throw it or shoot it or whatever and basically it's a brawler or there's different levels where you can try to collect as or, uh, more loot than the rest of the people or whatever basically you're you're going there either fighting or collecting loot or something like that and uh, the arcade arcade adventure was mostly fun. It wasn't too difficult. Um, I had a lot of fun with that. Online was good when it worked. Um, and uh, class cl cross-platform play was a huge bonus for, for that game as well. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that was Rubber Bandits. And I, of course, was also playing some Rocket League and some Clash Royale. So that's what I've been playing. I've been talking too much. Barry, tell me what the chat room has been saying. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 talked more than more than i think you have in an entire episode like ever like i think that, that one thing was just that was really you just going how can i review a bunch of games that i need to review oh i'll do it this way instead yep. uh brilliant um so the chat we've been talking we got jesse glenn in here hey jesse we also have blake uh so welcome you guys they are talking about Professor Layton are talking about uh, Phoenix Wright. And the main topic has been the wonderful, as, as Jesse puts it, eShop Armageddon uh, with the desolation and destruction of the Wii U and 3DS eShop where you can no longer download, I'll say 99% uh, DLC or, or K games anymore. And uh, you know the, the added stress 
that, that you know, I had to deal with and how we, a lot of people couldn't get everything they wanted. Uh, so, you know, I don't know if you guys, I was, I was actually inputting codes. Like I, I feel really bad for, there's a lot of independent developers on like Twitter be like my game, all my work is on the Wii U and it's going to die. And I've got codes here. Please, please just take them, you know, play these game, our game because it's dead. Like we have all these codes and we're not, we can't get money anymore. So mm -hmm. just take the game and at least enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, it's been an interesting, <laughs> interesting experience. Uh, so I don't know if you, you encountered any of the uh, eShop Armageddon style stuff, but again, this is why I champion physical as well, because then we won't have to worry about this. Yeah. 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 I saw that, uh, was it the, the completionist, um, Gerard like bought everything. Yep. <laughs> bought everything. I was like, well, that's, that's nice if you can do that. I don't know how he fit it all on a hard drive or whatever. Oh, he, he had multiple. He, did it. And he had you do multiple. that on, because I know you can't swap them out on Switch, but can I guess you can swap them out on 3DS yeah. and, and Wii U. If, if, if you watch his video, it's a very Nintendo thing too, because not only can you, like, like in the 3DS, you have to download one game at a time. So you literally have to sit there for each, but you can only input up to think, $200 in at a time. And there's a cap. The, like there's a cap where only so much in your wallet so they had to input a few codes at a time then buy stuff wait for them to download then input more codes oh, instead man. of just doing all the money all at once and then just pinging them all it took them probably you know an extra day or two just inputting codes and at that slow trickle because nintendo wow. and their their backwards regulations wow <laughs> well, I guess you move forward in some things, but not so much the other things. So glad you can put more money and you can download more games at a time. But the fact that you can't sw hot swap uh, micro SD cards is is a pain. Yeah, that's the biggest problem, at least with the Switch. But I mean, I guess I can understand like why it was even designed that way in the 3DS. Because I mean, this I'm sure that's like the biggest like hit that the 3ds server even really hit because like the average person is just like oh i just want to buy whatever like two three games at a time you're not going to be like buying like thousands of dollars of eShop gift cards and be like all right now i'm gonna have a thousand dollars in my wallet all right let's just buy everything on the store like look you should not never the average use case like <laughs> you should never limit people spending money if you're a business your your objective is to make people buy buy things and easily easily spend money uh, especially I was doing stuff with the 3DS here towards the end. I was updating all my games because I didn't know if you would be able to update oh. like all the games I had and all the applications I had. And that took me about 30 minutes because each one I had to uh, click update and then sit and wait for the update to go before I can move on. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, like this is ridiculous. I just want to update these. Can I update oh. all? No, like, like modern? No, you can't with That's the 3DS. <laughs> it's, it's, I forgot how how slow it was because it's been a while since I used yeah. it. The Wii U was, was at least a little better, but still. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's because it was like the 3DS and Wii eras, like when they really started actually just selling digital copies and stuff. So yeah. it's like it was pretty much 100% physical outside, like like a very small selection of indie games, but then it, like it really like blew up like over the course of its lifetime and like, oh, now I can get like Super Mario 3D Land is like now digital. Mario Kart 7 is now digital. And like that, like those launched like after the game, like the physical copies were out, I believe. And yeah. and think about how much DLC is now gone forever if you didn't download. Like new Super Mario 2 had Mario levels. 
that were DLC. Yep. If you didn't get them, they're gone. Smash Brothers for 3DS and for Wii U, if you didn't get those extra characters and stages and all that stuff, they're gone. You can never play with them again unless you, you're playing with someone who had them downloaded. You know, Mario Kart 8's DLC at least was brought over. Same with like Hyrule Warriors. But there's, there's so many DLC packs and, and updates. Mario Golf, I think, on the 3DS had some DLC. Like, oh, and this is first-party Nintendo stuff. Fire Emblem yeah. had a ton of DLC. All gone. Just gone. No access to it anymore. And, and that's terrible. Uh, that, 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 you know what? Port. I think games need to be ported to the... That, that should be a thing. Just keep porting games to the newest system with all DLC. Give access to it. Because I hate to see games gone. Mm-hmm. And then you, one, one person's going to go, I've got the DLC on my 3DS. I want $1,000 for it or $2,000. And that, you have no choice. You want to play it. Yeah. That's that's Remember Flappy Bird on the phone? How many people were selling phones with Flappy Bird for a stupid mm-hmm. amount of money? <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, well, let's move into something uh, a little little more positive than uh, eShops going away. The the new movie that's uh, hit the theaters ac- around the world so big was the Super Mario Brothers movie, which came out on April 5th of 2023. And uh, I just want to share some some numbers with you guys, just to just put this in perspective. Uh, the overall sales for United States alone on opening weekend was 204.5 million in the US, and then banking 375.6 million worldwide. For reference, another movie that came out this last weekend, Air, about the uh, Air Jordan shoes, is a Ben Affleck, Matt Damon movie. Should have been really big. In fact, it was pretty big. Opened at $20.2 million. So in comparison, $375 million to $20.2 million. It is now the second highest start for an animated film ahead of Frozen 2 and Finding Dory. First is Incredibles 2, which uh, did top the Super Mario Brothers movie. And it's also... Now the highest opening for any video game movie adaptation. The previous winner was Sonic the Hedgehog 2 at a mere 72 million. And uh, (laughs) Mario topped it with 375.6 million. Even though the Rotten Tomatoes critic score is 57%, the audience score is 96%. So even if the critics are not liking it, the audience score is so, so strong. And uh, before we jump into our thoughts and everything like that, let's just quick run down. I think we've talked about this on previous episodes, but when did you get to be able to see it, Barry? Uh, wasn't able to go opening day, but I went Thursday. So the day after April 6th, uh, the matinee showing. So, so it was early, early in the day. Nice. And Greg, how about you? I had went for a matinee on uh, um, Friday. The Was that the 7th then? But yeah, it was, I originally was going for an afternoon show, but then just due to some scheduling changes and other things that came up, I was thankfully able to get some tickets for an earlier showing that day. So it was ended up being like the very, one of the very first showings for the day there. So nice, nice. So yeah, I actually, um, so I had tickets to go see it on Friday with some friends and then Wednesday came about and uh, I was planning on being busy all day on Wednesday. I had lots of things going on. 
And then all of a sudden things were happening quicker than I anticipated. And I found myself with a, uh, with a couple hours in the afternoon free. And, uh, not only did I have a couple hours free, I also had a free movie ticket from, uh, Regal Cinemas that was sitting in my app that was just burning a hole in the app. And I thought I have a couple hours, I have a movie ticket let's go see it today. <laughs> and so I saw it on Wednesday uh, for the matinee showing on, on opening day around 3.30. And then I went on Friday night to go see it with friends. And funny enough, like, I don't know if this was the case across the board, but, um, but the Regal in my town gave me matinee price tickets on the Friday night, eight o'clock showing. Like we still got matinee prices. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know Love why I wasn't complaining um, and nor were the people that went with me that had to repay me. It was like, hey, guys, it's a lot cheaper than I thought. Um, but I don't know if that was something that they were doing all over the place or just maybe a glitch in the system that we got to benefit from or what. But yeah, so that was cool. Um, and so, yeah, I saw it twice. Um, I I will say before we we jump into anything um, if you guys are looking for a list, a run through of like all the Easter eggs in the movie and all that sort of thing, that is not what we're here to, to do in this on this podcast. There are way, way, way too many things that are included in this movie. Uh, little uh, nods to so many of the games and so many of the songs and everything that's throughout this movie. So um, I would encourage you guys. I don't know if, about you guys if you've seen any, but um, I'm a big fan of New Rockstars on YouTube as well, and they've got a, an amazing breakdown and an Easter egg video that's over there. Just hop over to New Rockstars, watch their videos. That you'll see all the different. They nitpick the entire not not nitpick. Sorry, they they break down the entire movie in the finest details. I don't know how they do it because it's still in theaters. They don't have their own copy of it, but somehow they've nailed like almost every little detail in the movie and there's a ton of them. So, um, Barry, let's start off with this, this question. What did you initially think about the movie and over time have, have any of your thoughts changed? Uh, initially I smiled the entire time. Um, multiple times my wife and I would just, kind of like nudge each other like oh, look 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 uh, just because of how you know influential this series has been in my life uh and i the whole time i was just enjoyed and like some people teared up i i didn't i was strong the whole time until the credits and then when the freaking credits happened and it credited former president of awada uh, i was just like they put awada there like boom here come the fire like the tears i was like i, I can't I'm, I'm crying now like like and that made me wonder like how far along was this movie when he died like did he have initial was he part of the initial talks was like you know how how did he have his hand in this is any of this his thing but it was just like the fact that they even credited him it was just like damn for some reason that hit me and that hit me hard and i was like damn it now i'm crying you know like what the heck like no one look at me i'm crying in a mario movie uh but no like I left the theater very happy. Um, thinking back on it, you know, that initial high teetered a little bit down. And I think my only negative that I can't like that in that span was the license music. Like, you know, obviously that was illumination doing stuff like the you need a hero. I thought that was fitting. I was like, you know what? That was fine. But when I found out, 
what was supposed to be there instead of take on me. And I heard the song that was supposed to be there and someone put it in the spot. I was horrified. I was like, why did they do this? Why? Oh, I, did I don't know if you knew this. No. So take on me plays. And we're going to talk about it when they get to the Kong village. That's true. Actually, I, we car. should probably just warn ahead oh. of time. I spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers. We're going to talk all about the movie. So yeah, Obviously. just, just a warning there. Like it's probably seems like it's evident so far, but just, just ahead of time, we're going to give you a warning spoilers. If you're not interested, skip ahead quite a bit. Um, cause we're gonna be talking about the movie for a lot in this, this episode, but yeah, go ahead, Barry. Yeah. So, so when they get to the, the Kong village, um, the, uh, they, they get in a car and they're driving along to go see cranky Kong and they play aha's take on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a great song. I love that song. Very 80s. But, but there was, uh, there was a, a medley done for uh, Donkey Kong Country with several of the Donkey Kong songs. And uh, it's on the soundtrack. And it's beautiful. It's just beautiful. Like it, it brought tears to my eyes just listening to it. And of course, you know, that's been taken down. And uh, the same thing with I Need a Hero. There was another song there um, that was supposed to be in there. And it's just like, why? Why? And, and it, seems, it seems that all the licensed music, Thunderstruck, No Sleep to Brooklyn, all that stuff had Mario or Donkey Kong music in there. And Illumination just, I guess, was like, no, we need licensed stuff. Hmm. And I I really, really hope, because they're on the soundtrack, that when the Blu-ray comes out, you can watch the movie with the original audio that was supposed hmm. to be there. That was my one my one negative. And, and all the other music, the licensed music, didn't bother me. Take On Me was the one that really was just, that's an odd choice hmm. for a, a driving scene. Uh, and now I know why. Yeah. And then when I found out about the other stuff, I was like, oh, no. I heard someone else um, that critiqued it as well and said that um, if you're going to go with the song, because I, I like I like the fact like it, it didn't bother me. Hearing what you just told me bothers me now. <laughs> but when, me when I didn't know it, it I, I thought the music made sense. And they pulled all these 80s songs, which totally made sense. It fit the whole genre, it fit the timing. But someone was was saying, I can't remember who it was, but they said, why not go with Welcome to the Jungle instead? <laughs> yeah. But uh, but, but yeah. anyway, yeah. So, okay. So, Greg, any any initial thoughts and have your have your thoughts changed over the over the last few days? I mean, I, I kind of went in going with like lower expectations because like I even though I was like super pumped and kind of had a lot of knowledge and stuff of the trailers, it was still kind of like a quite unsure how they were going to go with it like with the story and everything like that but then it like definitely like watching it it like it like skyrocketed way past like any of those expectations like i thoroughly enjoyed it i had pretty much a smile on my face the entire time i was constantly looking over at my daughter to see if she was enjoying it and i was also pointing out a lot of those musical cues because like they really drew upon like the a lot of the history of like the mario franchise like they had songs from like the very first game they've also had like kind of some remixes of other from like, the more recent ones like new super mario brothers and so it was like all these different tracks from like the mario series like all in there together and that was just phenomenal just like have all that played together but um yeah as 
Barry was talking about how they had made that like addition, like a change somewhat last minute. That definitely seems kind of disappointing where like a Donkey Kong medley would have been more appreciated at that point. But I did feel like when I had heard it, the song didn't seem like it was technically meant for that. Cause like, as Barry was kind of describing, that's not usually what you'd think when you hear that take on me song playing. Like it's, I always like have that family guy visual of how they did it. And that's kind of like more of like a style of something that I was expecting and not like a intro scene, to like a new like kingdom kind of thing. But it's, I don't know. It's just. I was going to say, I I sent you, Steve, a link. I don't know if you could play it on the podcast, but it's a song. The song is called Driving Me Bananas. It's it's very short because it was a shorter scene. But if you could play it, then that's just an example of what should have been there. So picture that scene with this playing Mm -hmm. and 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 overtake on me instead and i'm I'm curious your thoughts i don't know if you're able to do it on the podcast i don't know if we get hit with i don't know yeah we probably should play it safe and and not play music but the 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 whole soundtrack it's like it's like 30 something songs 30 40 songs i don't know whatever it is um that's available on all streaming devices so you can find it on spotify and apple music and all that stuff um, I am eight bit has the physical. They even have a cassette. It's a vinyl cassette and a, a CD. <laughs> nice, nice. That's cool. So yeah, any any further thoughts in in general, Greg? But yeah, I definitely did like all the small like notes and throwbacks and stuff to different things. I like the fourth wall thing with Mario playing at NES at the very <laughs> beginning of the movie. That was also really cool thing to see um i didn't know if they were really going to go for like the huge take and action playing his own game like super mario brothers but yeah i don't know that might have been kind of like a very weird kind of thing to have him playing his own game kind of thing it's but- pretty close with having uh the donkey kong game in the the pizza uh parlor at the very beginning yeah, but they it, calling it the jump man but <laughs> yeah the jump man that was help me jump man uh, I, all I know, it, it was definitely Jumpman. I don't know if it was, it was helping me Jumpman or not, but Jumpman was definitely in the title. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, that, I think that was the, the actual, like, yeah, that's been pretty much one of those like Mario factoids things. That's like, yeah. been his original name since his inception. And then mm-hmm. they obviously gave him the name for the arcade bro or the Mario bros, uh, arcade, but mm-hmm. I definitely appreciated all those different like callback things, like even like in the Donkey Kong uh, areas, they were showing like all the beams like from like the original arcade game kind of thing too, and that was awesome, cool references there. Mm-hmm. And even appreciated how they kept like all the stuff with the power ups. Even like if oh if you get hit, then like you lose it, and like they kept that all intact. But then like even if you got hit like numerous times after that, then it didn't really matter too. Though it's like oh you're actual person so that yeah. was also yeah. a little bit on the unusual side because normally mario just would die but obviously you can't have him doing that in the middle of the game so. <laughs> yeah or in the middle I, of the movie so I, I think that actually that reminds me uh greg one of the things that i i really appreciated number one we're, we'll get into some of the easter eggs and some of the ones that we really liked in just a second but but i i wanted to draw out this this parallel that I think they did a really good job at in connecting us as the players of the game, but put Mario in that position within the movie. 
So he never gave up. He kept trying, kept learning as he gone. If he fell down, he got back up and started it over again from the beginning. All those different things and that kind of mentality is like us as the player. When we play a Mario game, you're going to fall and you're going to fail a lot, but you're going to start up, start over and go at it again and never give up. And that was really cool to see that connection between the main character of the movie to us as the player in in the real game and and how they how they drew that together. Um, and it seemed like at first I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool connection. And then it just kept coming up and over. And I was like, oh, they very much they had to intend have intended that the whole way through. And that was that was really cool. Well, it was also a learning thing, right? They did the whole like, oh, my thing is I'll never give up, never give up. And at the end, when he feels like he wants to give up yeah. and he remembers that, like, no, I can't give up. It's, it's a good lesson. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. so let's talk about those those Easter eggs. Of course, like I said, there's no way we're going to cover all of them. But what were some of your favorites? And I'm going to I'm going to start with one because Greg kind of mentioned it earlier with the power ups. I, this wasn't necessarily an Easter egg, but kind of a, a funny thing that I that I found that they kind of just did on the side, and it was it was it, attention was drawn to it, but it wasn't like a significant thing. But when even in that training montage, even when he got tired of eating so many mushrooms and he was throwing up, then he lost his power in that too. <laughs> I was like, that's just fantastic. Just the little details throughout the whole thing. So whether it be like little details or Easter eggs or whatever, it was like they're there it was evident that so much love went into this movie people that knew the games knew it so well inward and outward front and back like of course you got miyamoto but i'm sure you had significant fans that were working on this movie to to work on all those different things so yeah either of you what were what were some of the ones that uh, that stood out to you uh, going on with the power up thing i loved when they got the uh when mario got the tanuki power mario 3 music started playing mm -hmm. like just seamlessly i'm like oh it's such a subtle nod if you didn't didn't know you didn't know it didn't phase you but if you knew it was like i loved it it was just a, such a subtle reference that the tanuki came from mario 3 originally yeah, yeah. i mean i really was praying they were gonna take it a step further and have him transform into the statue and like the bullet bill thing was like pushing him along i was like come on just show it like do it and, like that's like my main disappointment there is not fully utilizing the original Mario 3 Tanuki that actually did have that power up and wasn't just like a gold standard when they brought the power up back for whatever it was a 3D, 3D land. Or 3D. Yeah. yeah. Got to save it for the sequel. But, yeah, of course. <laughs> he would probably do it and go, oh, I had no idea I could do that. Because you have to remember, he just gained the power. He was learning to fly. But yeah. you actually reminded me of two other things that were actually kind of nitpicks. One is they called that a bullet bill, and that's a bonsai bill from Mario World. <laughs> so I'm like, wait, that's a bonsai. Uh, the other thing was the fact that they kind of they either retconned Donkey Kong Jr. out of existence entirely, or they just somehow made the current Donkey Kong Donkey Kong Jr. Yeah. without ever saying anything. And that to me, that was kind of weird. I'm like, wait a minute, your son? Where's yeah. DK Jr.? Yeah, he's supposed to be the grandson. Yeah, I, I I had to just kind of accept that. I was like, hey, you know what? They're building a different world and they're going to focus instead on Diddy Kong because Diddy Kong was in the movie. Very, very brief cameo. Um, Dixie was there too. <laughs> Dixie and all the other Kongs as well. But I think that over was time, next to too. Diddy's yeah. kind of taken the place of, of Donkey Kong Jr. in a way to be that smaller one. And so I kind of feel like that's probably where they're going to go and moving forward with Kong movies and all that stuff is probably... 
that that turn. So it didn't it didn't bother me, but yeah, I noticed it as well. Yeah. Little little things. Yeah. Uh some other Easter eggs. Uh, I was a big fan of seeing the R Wing there. Like mm. I was not expecting that. And I was like, oh man, they're acknowledging Star Fox in twenty twenty three. At least Illuminationist. So I- I definitely had missed the R wing. I might have to go back oh, and it, it's on his TV when he's playing. He's playing Kid Icarus. He's playing Kid Icarus, which again acknowledging Kid Icarus in 2023. Yeah. But there's an R wing model sitting on the TV. Yeah, I was definitely too, way too focused on the Kid Icarus because I was like thinking about like he should have been playing like Super Mario Brothers or maybe Super <laughs> Mario Brothers Two or something. But no, it was like and then I like heard the iconic like Kid Icarus sound and then like it like panned out like it was done with the scene already. So it was just. Mm-hmm. Probably how I missed the R wing. It was yeah. also in full screen too for Kid Icarus. It was like for a second of the movie that it was just a giant Kid Icarus screen. Yeah. I was like, that's <laughs> so weird. Like I never expected to see this. Right. Yeah. I think there there were so many, I think, call outs to the games and stuff that are just hidden throughout the whole thing, the other NES games and never and all of Nintendo's library. Um, something that got me from the very beginning is every time they didn't do it too often, but every time they turned the, the perspective to the side and you saw him going at a, at a 2d like side scroller, it was just, Oh my gosh. Like whenever that happened, it, and it was so seamless that all of a sudden you realize what happened. And the beginning, the beginning stage when he's running through the construction site, it starts out like world one, one. And then he just jumping through and it turns the perspective sideways and it was just like perfect. And then of course he, you know, lands on a flagpole right next to Castle Burger. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is great. Like so many things that just cause smiles throughout the entire movie. Uh, one, one interesting thing that I read and I had no idea about this is apparently early on in Mario's creation, they had always planned for him to have a family. And they actually sketched out what his family would look like and never let it see the light of day. It was just kept in this like notebook, then the Nintendo vault. And they allowed Illumination to look at that and use that as reference to craft his family. So the family you see is actually crafted from the original ideas that they had back in the 80s that they just never capitalized on it. Which is one of the reasons why it's kind of meta that his father or their father looks like Talon or Taryn from both Ocarina of Time and, of course, Link's Awakening prior to that, which was modeled after Mario. Uh, now maybe was never modeled after Mario, was maybe modeled after Mario's dad. And I didn't realize this till afterwards. He is voiced by Charles Martinet, yep. which is yep. so cool. Yep. It's so meta that the father is, is voicing. Yeah. He actually has a couple different voice couple. credits in it. Yeah, the yeah. the uncle or it's never clear like what that character is, but it's the one that's playing Jumpman at the beginning. And he's yeah. like, yeah, I don't, have any, I, think I don't is. have any problem with your accents in the commercial. And like that was as soon as I heard him, I was like, oh, that's definitely yeah. Charles Martinet. That's definitely. <laughs> yep. But to hear that he was the father as well, I'm like, that's yeah. so perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I think that yep, was the father. Father Mario is the voice of Mario. <laughs> it was it was a good way of doing it, and I think I mean let's just address it real quick. I mean because it was such the topic of conversation before the movie came out. Um, is the, are the voices, especially Chris Pratt's voice? I had no problem with it. At no problem at all. No problem. Like, I, I I forgot about it halfway through the movie. I was like, oh yeah, this is this is just the voice, and I'm I'm totally fine. I mean, probably even before halfway through the movie, I was okay with it. Well, like we talked about before, if you grew up with the Super Show or the Mario 3 cartoon or Mario World, uh, you had heard uh, you know, Mario speak a lot more than he does now. So 
that's kind of what I pictured. So this is kind of like an extension to that. I also found out that his first voice that he did was rejected because it sounded too New Jersey. And I, I don't know how to feel about that because I'm like, wait a minute. What are you trying to imply here? Not quite Brooklyn. A little too Jersey. <laughs> that, that's fighting words. You know, <laughs> we're going to take this to the back street. Let's go. That's awesome. And that's exactly what they'd want you to say, Barry. <laughs> right. My <laughs> paisanos, let's go. <laughs> uh, well, so I, I thought it'd be fun too, as well. What there was, this movie was, it had a lot of heart. But it was also very funny. Like I like I was like Barry. I was smiling through the entire thing. Some because I just had to stop laughing because my face was going to hurt by the end of the movie. Um, and, you know, bringing in certain jokes and certain things, I think, you know, it was definitely throughout the whole movie. So, you know, bringing putting more emphasis on who Jack Black is and uh, leaning into the fact that he is this rocker soulful dude that just wants to sing and things like that. And I heard that he actually wrote like co-wrote the song that they included Peaches. in it. Cause peaches. So like that, that just made me laugh. Um, I, it didn't take me out of it too much. I was just like, of course they're doing this, that, that, that tracks. Um, but, uh, what were some of the, the funniest moments for you guys where you were just like, that's, that's hilarious. I can't believe they did that. Or that's, that's so perfect. Anything come to your mind? Uh, a blue shell, I'd say for me, mm. like that. I was not expecting that. I didn't even like. I knew he was a blue shell turtle, Oyo Koopa. You know, I just it didn't dawn on me that they were gonna do it. Yeah. And when he did it, you know, and I read like one criticism, like if you don't know what that is, you know, him yelling blue shell means nothing. But I was just like, oh, I see what they did here. Yeah. Like, like it's Mario Kart. Who doesn't know blue shell right. and, and the sound effects and everything? Like mm -hmm. that had me laughing because I'm like, oh, they're they're free. They did it. Yeah. And, ju and just like in Mario Kart, just when you think you're about to cross the finish line, <laughs> Blue Shell screws you up. <laughs> That's perfect. Yep. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was, that was definitely one of my calls, but I definitely also really appreciate like the fact like, oh, the cart got destroyed in the middle of the tr like midway through the race and he was just able to jump onto another cart and then even like taking control of like, the, like a koopa's car and then he got like the he jumped on him and actually got like the green shell as like the item and then took out another like troop or whatever so um definitely apologizing for my girlfriend's dogs barking here but i can't really <laughs> say much when i'm in the middle of speaking but yeah it's um that i like the mario kart section was just like so perfect the way they like tied in a lot of the different references in general just like being on like a normal course and then like oh like rainbow road to kind of like caps the like on the to go to like the end part of like the mario kart scenes and like it, it was just like so nicely done because like, you could like it, even like show the transitions for like Mario Kart eight, where the tires like turn sideways and he's like, there's no way it would stay on the road. And like, Nope, it's anti-gravity. And like, that's all those like definitely little touches, like a nods that like really all those like minor details, you could just totally see were all brought in with like, with love for Mario Kart. Yeah. But now we know there's an ocean underneath rainbow road too, instead of being in space. <laughs> <laughs> At least that one. Yeah. Um, that now we know, uh, hopefully if they don't put that style of, of kart racing in the next Mario Kart mo uh, yeah. game, I'm going to be That's what Mario Kart 9 is. Take over different carts. Yep. Yeah. You could jump <laughs> like, over and, and attacking like, them like, uh, what was that? The Sega outrun or no, not outrun. No, the, you're thinking road rash road rash where you could like attack as you're driving down. Like 
That's what needs to happen. Uh, well, drivers San Francisco, you're able to like project yourself into the other drivers and like take over their stuff. So maybe something like that. Like the, the goat, like they get the boo. You know, the boo would always uh, take yeah, items. Yeah. Now you, yeah. you steal their cards, you swap <laughs> yeah. with them. That'd be great. Um, yeah, I think for there was so many funny, sunny parts of the movie, but I, I've got to say, I laughed probably the hardest at the Lumily. Like, just oh, that yeah. disposition of like I everything is hopeless and I it was just so funny and having like the 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 king of the the that Blake actually just mentioned it in the chat as well the depressing Luma um yeah and the uh, the king of the the penguin king like reacting like so strongly like oh my gosh shut up or whatever it was just that that entire interaction was just so funny. Uh, Blake also mentioned the DK rap, uh, which is perfect. Just so many musical nods. I read that I think there was like 350 different songs or something like that that were incorporated throughout the throughout the whole movie, which was just incredible. Um, so with that, I'd love to talk about what what did you think they just absolutely nailed? Like any part or parts of the movie, they're just like. They needed to get this right, and they totally did. I, we were so pleased with this part. I mean, I was definitely already saying like the Mario Kart stuff was completely nailed, like a hundred percent. Like they really captured just about everything, like from like the cart customization thing. They had like the spinning the little dials, and you got to see all the different cart bodies, and like that, like was like full on, like a complete nod to like all the Mario Kart games past, like Mario Kart Wii, where they introduce all the different like changes of the carts and all that kind of stuff like all the car parts anyways i know double dash could select different vehicles but they were fully assembled at that point not like the tires and gliders and all that kind of stuff but yeah. um yeah that was definitely completely nailed i also really appreciated some of like the underground scenes they always like had like the classic um smb one two like theme song like playing like the did it did it and like it like yeah those parts were completely nailed even like the like going through the pipes like it was kind of like a nod even like the i think even like the super show where they first introduced like the concept of pipes so like you didn't really know where they were going and then they had like the little gags and like him going down the wrong pipe and then coming out in different spots i mean it's like they've really paid a lot of attention to detail with a lot of that kind of stuff and it just like even what you were saying like with the 2d segment and they ended up the castle burger thing they're like that was a very perfect like homage to the actual game because it was like they had they found a way to put an actual castle and had like an actual like sign where they could go down like a flagpole so it's like done so perfectly well and illustrated perfectly yeah i think i think it's not necessarily one moment but a lot of little ones like you mentioned the music um, for like the underground, but also when they went down there where they found that pipe, I don't know if you saw, there was a sign that literally said level one dash two. And it was like, oh my God, like, that's so cool. Like those little things. But for me, I think it was the ending. Like if I had to say one thing, like the ending battle, because I felt they could have went two ways with it. When, when Luigi steps in and is brave and uses the manhole to protect Mario, I felt they could have had Mario just run to the superstar and be the hero but they didn't and the fact that they had mario instead reach his hand out and grab luigi so they both grabbed the star especially after luigi was captured for the majority of the movie uh, and they both you know kicked butt and they they saved the day including saving spike and all that stuff um i thought that was very well done and the relationship they had the love for each other 
it, it really shone. And, you know, it's kind of funny when you think about it, you know, player one is Mario, player two is Luigi, and they usually take turns back and forth or they go against each other in a Mario Brothers style game, you know, and, and it's like interesting to now they're working together and what they can accomplish together. So mm-hmm. that to me was just, I think, the perfect capstone. And I, I was worried. I was worried they were going to do it where Mario did it and it was, you know, he saved the day completely and Luigi just stepped in as a sacrifice and they didn't. And I'm like, yeah. thank you. Thank you for not making him a sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. I think also say, I think they did a really good job of changing it up um, with Peach. Like I yeah. not making her the damsel in distress, but giving her almost a leading role. Like I almost feel like at times it was more of her movie than Mario's movie. Cause it definitely wasn't the entire thing. wasn't a Mario brothers movie because they were separated yeah. for the majority of it. Um, but it was they gave it to her and and it didn't feel weird at all. It didn't feel out of place. It totally it matched. It connected. It wasn't this this trope that they've leaned on for so long that they've kind of gotten away from at times in the games. Um, but they it, it didn't seem weird at all. I, I thought they totally nailed it. And, and then I mean, it. if you think about it, I saw like one one person said like, oh, this is terrible that they did that with her and they should make her a princess and damsel in distress. And it's sending the wrong last message to young women. And I'm like, please, please stop talking. Just stop talking. <laughs> um, you know, if you think about it, Peach was playable since 1988 with with Mario 2 US version and continued in in every Mario Kart she's been playable. And, you know, obviously Super Princess Peach and then, you know, Mario 3D World and you know, she, she's been playable multiple times. In fact, sometimes she's the best character like Mario too. And, and I love to see it because she's ruler. Like the way they, they explained this is that she seemed to be human. She got teleported in there and she was raised and they made her the leader. And as leader, you would want your leader to not hightail and run away and hide, but to get out there and to fight for your kingdom and fight for you. And that's what she did. She's like, Oh, okay. They, all the toads trust me so i need to do what i need to do and go out there and be a good leader and a ruler and i think it sends a very positive message you know that's what you want to see you know cranky did the same thing you know cranky was protective of his army and when when he lost he was on his you know bike as well he was he was out there you know planning the attack as well like okay i'm gonna go out with my army i'm not just gonna send them i'm gonna go out with them uh, mm-hmm. So I think that's a, a like a really good positive message, and I feel a lot of people forget that. Like so many games, it's like the king or the queen or the the princess, whatever, sits on their throne and says, "Here's here's the quest. I'm gonna bestoke you, young knight. I need you. You're you're of age of sixteen, and I need you to slay a god and save the world while I sit on my ass and do nothing." Um, instead, this was the polar opposite, and it was really cool to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely agree. I thought it was made her like at least developed a lot more of a character for her because peach is barely gets like any actual story like development like obviously in the games because she's always like busy at bowser's castle but it's even great that they kind of even had the nod to mario odyssey and like had bowser's true intention of like why he wants to like conquer the mushroom kingdom like so that's even like connected that dot that like almost made like Mario Odyssey, like the pretty much the bare bones, like the, this is like this is the whole idea of why Bowser has been obsessed with Peach over all this time is because he like wanted to marry her and like wanted to connect the kingdoms together and everything. So mm-hmm. it's I thought that was all well put together and really able to still kind of exp- 
explain that dynamic that they've had for like the last like three decades. Yeah. Well, remember in the uh, paper Mario, she would get captured and then she would just like get out of her cage and do things and then just go back in. And like the whole time she, she was never really captured. She was like, yeah, whatever. Like I'll let them think they have me. And she kind of did that too. When, when she did, you know, surrender, you know, she was still free and she was still walking around and she was still doing things and, and trying to help. And he even planned the whole, the bouquet, you know, mm-hmm. she wasn't going down without a fight. She had a, a contingency plan. Yeah. So I really think I, th- I like the how they pulled everything in. I, I heard someone talk about how they felt that this entire movie was almost like a huge, uh, a big uh, episode of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Um, just kind of like playing it. They came from Brooklyn and they just blew this whole thing up for 90 minutes. Um, and I loved how they connected the worlds. I thought it was cool, like the, the over the, the 3D maps and the 2D maps and the top down maps and all of the the different things connected, how they turned the the jungle sort of world into DK's world, and they had all these different you know maps and and everything, um, and I and I liked the the call from from our world into that world, and it's all somehow connected through these magical pipes, and we don't know how, but we're just going to accept it and move forward through it. But it, I'd love to like just spend a little bit of time talking on what I think the biggest misses are. And that leads me to say, I think my biggest miss, I would have preferred them to stay in that world for the final bite, the final fight. Um, I thought it was weird that they came back to Brooklyn and then they went back. And originally, I don't know how that happened because it seemed like everything was destroyed and it was kind of weird. Just like, why, why go back? It was the bullet bill or the bonsai bill. Right. Did it. And so it seemed like they sucked them in, but then they were back. And so like, I don't know. It just, it, it, for me, because that, that bonsai bill or whatever they want to call it. And they destroyed that one. Like, but he just went to the, the world between worlds and blew up. So how did they all of a sudden get pulled back specifically into the our world um the plot demands instead of it. all the other ones i guess yeah that's and that's why it was random. situational based on the plot and i think they didn't need to necessarily do that they could have had that fight within the mushroom kingdom or wherever instead and i would have preferred that but it's a minor thing in the whole scheme of things i like the movie but in terms of where the misses i was like oh that that was an interesting choice i wouldn't have chose that myself doesn't mean i hate the movie just means I wouldn't have picked that. So, Barry, any any misses that I know you mentioned uh, the music earlier is that the music like was definitely. Um, I also went like at the end of the movie. You know, it shows them back in in the bedroom and they're getting ready for work. And the big reveal was they go outside and they're really in the Mushroom Kingdom, even though you you think they're back in Brooklyn. But I, I, I was hoping, I'm like, oh, please do this. When they're in that scene, instead for the door to knock and, and open, and in comes Daisy and like camo and military gear going, Mario, Luigi, we need your help. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like a Just full reference. exactly like the other one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was like, yes, do that. And I was like, you had a cool miss because obviously they can go to Mario Land. You know, we're, they're talking about like maybe Wario and Wario, of course, is part of Mario Land. And they could absolutely do that and introduce Daisy. I mean, Daisy has been a relevant character now forever. They can go to, to her land. And I mean, they could do this. It could be a great tie-in and a throwback. They threw back to the Super Show. Let's throw back to the first movie in that way and and, and just have have something fun like that. But no, they didn't. Uh, it was yeah. like it was it was it would have just been a wonderful little little like nod 
or or something like I, w- I would have loved to see some kind of nod to the original movie like the booster boots or and do the mario i think it should have ended with mm. do the mario if they started with the super show yeah they should have ended with the, do the mario like somewhere in there they did the dk rap look come on do the mario in there <laughs> yeah that's true greg any misses that you can think of I mean, I definitely agreed with you, Steve. I felt like going back to Brooklyn at the very end felt very out of place. Like I thought like the battle could easily have taken place in the Mushroom Kingdom, but I get why they had to do that because they wanted to like show like, hey, mom and dad, like we're actually our heroes and they did need to connect them there, but it didn't really make any sense for any of them to get sucked into the Mushroom Kingdom. So I do get like why they had to transition it back the way they did but it did feel out of place in general too but yeah especially if they're going to end up back in the mushroom kingdom is where they live like does it really matter what your family thinks about you you're not going to live with them anyway no it does it does (laughs) it does i'm just kidding (laughs) they they should have said monkeys too you know like that should have been there like bowser should have went there and looked at them and go monkeys (laughs) (laughs) i do think it is time to address like one of the main points that i was kind of really disappointed was like um they're with at least with yoshi there was like a split second scene where they had like some of the yoshis like running like when like the um to the battlefield like when donkey kong and like mario were about to fight and stuff and then there was like they had like the <clears throat> very very end like secret scene at the very after all the culmination of the entire credits like with the, you hear like the egg hatching and being yoshi but um i really wish that he had like a little bit more of a presence whether it was just going to like a dinosaur land kind of thing and i understand like they could easily do this for like the second movie as like they did with like mario galaxy like the first one had was more about mario and then like okay mario galaxy 2 is yoshi so i do get like that does leave room for other movies but it did feel kind of somewhat out of place that you did show a yoshi in the actual movie like in that very small like split second scene and then you have like that huge like tease at the very end of it and like it almost could have just been completely like neglected or at least i think they should at least been more built upon and more references to like at least acknowledging there is a dinosaur land kingdom and stuff and like the ruler of the yoshis and that kind of stuff but see i disagree I with that i think the fact that they they showed yoshi's island they obviously they traveled across it um, I, I wish there was more to that montage of them traveling, but that's a different topic. Um, however, the fact that Yoshi didn't appear in full made total sense because this game was this movie was really Mario, the origin Mario one and Mario three. Uh, since two was a dream, we really can't say two. Yes, really they had the capes. Was a retelling of one. One, oh, yeah. 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 Uh, they they had the capes. But the capes were only used in the commercial, like as a cheap little thing. You could see them on the stools and not the power-up capes. Um, it was more of a nod. So the fact that they didn't need Yoshi. They didn't, you know, I see like Blake saying like, what are the characters like Wario and Waluigi? You can't put too many things. It's a 90-minute movie. You can't. You can't blow all your eggs in one basket. Like you have to do that slow build. So the fact that Yoshi was the gift brought during the wedding and then that was the one that hatched. It was cool. It connected it. But it was a tease to say, hey, you know where we're going now? We're going to do Super Mario World. And we know the history. And yes, Lumas are there. So we know Galaxy exists. And Peach has to think about all these galaxies. So you know that, you know, Rosalina is out there somewhere. You don't need to see her right in this movie. You don't need to see Daisy, although, like I said, at the end, that would have been awesome. Uh, but you know 
Sarasaland or wherever it was. Like she, her, her kingdom is out there. Um, and they'll get to it. But I don't think they needed to do everything in one shot. I think what they did was focus on the important characters, the major characters for the very beginning of the story, do that, and then go into the larger world. You know, maybe maybe because of him saving in, in one or in this movie, he gets a castle. And while he goes off to help Daisy, you know, Wario comes in and takes the castle when they do a movie on Mario Land 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. And they incorporate Yoshi's in there. So it's kind of a mix, you know. And the Koopa kids, you know, haven't appeared. Where are they? Well, obviously, that's part of Mario World. Even though they were in 3, it was just too many characters to, yeah. to incorporate. So I'm fine with the way they did Yoshi because they knew everyone wanted Yoshi. They knew people. he's a fan favorite, and they used him as a tease. That, that's all they had to do, is yeah. use him as a tease. Yeah. I think that it's, that, that's one thing that I, in terms of what they, they hit, I think they hit it well by not putting too much in this movie. And I actually, I, I remember talking about it on this podcast, I was really worried that they were going to cram way too much in this. And I didn't feel they did in the end. I think they handled it all well, and they teased what they needed to tease for future projects. And they really just leaned into the the handful of things they really wanted to show off in this one, and and I know some of the critics have said like that it, it they didn't flesh out enough. And yes, I would have preferred like there's certain times where I was like, oh wow, he just agreed to fight Donkey Kong, and the next moment he is walking into that fight. In a normal you know movie, you would have seen him struggle with mentally with like, man, did I make the right decision? How am I going to do this? Do I need to train some more? All those different things are going to happen before he actually steps into that. But, but it was okay. It was okay to just keep it moving. Cause my wife and I, when we're talking, he's, she's like, well, that's how, that's how a video game is, especially a Mario game. You just go, 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 go. And that's how the, that was the pacing of the movie as well. You're off and running at the beginning of the movie and you don't stop until you get to the end. And, yeah. and there was never a light moment. There was never a dull moment in this movie because they just kept the pacing, go, 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 go. And I feel it worked for what they were trying to do because of that. And because they're trying to cram it all in 90 minutes, you, you don't ha- you have to pick and choose what you're going to do and leave the rest of it on the cutting room floor for future projects. And there's got to be future projects in this. There's written all over about all the different directions they're going to go in, in this for sure. Now, they also opened up themselves to another thing, too, because that world between worlds, as you put it, with all those pipes, I guarantee you they're going to say one of those pipes leads to Hyrule, one of those pipes leads to the Lilat system, one of them leads to, you know, Zebus, you know, and they're gonna, yeah, that's how we're going to have the Smash Brothers <laughs> thing. One of them leads to Sonic, one of them leads to Detective Pikachu, and here we go. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm with you, Greg. I, I would have preferred more Yoshi, but I also understand why the, why they didn't because they leave you wanting for more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they even had like time to even show like all the toads like weren't very like fighting heavy and everything. And I did like even like the main toads like the character development was really nice to see. Like, yes, he is like a lot. There at least is some that like would want to fight, and then I don't know like that. Would have been nicer to see a bit more of Yoshi, but mm-hmm. that did have me like have a callback at least to some of the other Easter eggs, even having like, the toads saying like, "Oh, um, the princess is in another castle." Oh, <laughs> like they have yes. that one, that was that so one great. quote that was that <laughs> was uh, definitely very epic to see them like kind of laugh and joke about that. But yeah, that was awesome. Um, that, I I forget about that one too, but I I definitely cracked up during that one too. 
that was that was great and and there was one uh in the antique store when he's like walking through there and he has the nes cartridge and he's like oh you have to blow on that one (laughs) (laughs) it's brilliant so brilliant (laughs) so many nods so I think it's pretty safe to say that we recommend the Super Mario Brothers movie. Um, but uh, any final thoughts from either of you before we move on to the rest of our episode? Barry, any final thoughts? Uh, go see it. Go see it and know that if you're a Mario fan or a game fan, you'll enjoy it. Uh, yes, there are little things you can nitpick. You know, not, It was a perfect no, but it, that shouldn't derail your entertainment and your enjoyment. And if you don't like it, you know what? That's okay, too. We all have different opinions, and all I hope is that they take everything they learned in this. It rejuvenated Nintendo's desire to make more movies and make more media thanks to the first Mario movie, butchering that. And uh, the sequel is bigger and better, and they say, hey, you know what? We're doing two hours now, or two and a half hours, and we're going full stop. We're doing Mario Land 1, 2, World, Galaxy, 3D World, and Mario is missing all together. And at the end, you get to watch Mario teach you typing. (laughs) (laughs) You forgot about Hotel Mario. (laughs) Oh, they won't acknowledge Hotel Mario. That in Luigi's Mansion. You know what? It, it wouldn't if they did a Hotel Mario joke in there. I would be thrilled, but they're not going to because I don't want to acknowledge that that a game exists. It wouldn't surprise me if they did throw a joke after they they, they acknowledged so many different things in this movie. It it wouldn't surprise me if it was like a throwaway joke. They're like, if you're paying attention, you'll know. But if you don't, or, doesn't matter. Or or they make a joke about. Could you imagine Mario owning a hotel? What would you, or right. hotel? What would you call it? Hotel Mario? <laughs> That's stupid. And yeah. move on or something like on. that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Any final thoughts, Greg? I pretty much got like I pretty much agree with Barry. I mean, I've been telling like all of my family like how great the movie it is, and you can definitely tell by like even like the rotten tomato score that you read off like a pretty much like a hour ago but um obviously i think it was more made for like the fans and everybody that really appreciates it and i think that's why it's that's a, such a um contrast in the like critic score versus like the actual user score so i would 100 percent recommend it and as a lot of these things are they're more just smaller nitpicks that aren't really worth like saying that like, there was don't go see the movie because of it but if any if you really like being familiar with a lot of the Mario stuff, whether it's even the music or a lot of his different games, definitely highly recommend to go check out the movie and go see it. If you don't really quite understand all the references, I'm sure that the video you also mentioned will definitely explain some of those more in detail for people that don't follow it as much as we do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Go see it. And uh, if you want to dive into all the little details, highly recommend the uh, yeah New Rockstars videos to kind of dig into all those Easter eggs and all the breakdown and everything. Um, they did a really good job of all that. I don't know how she did it, but she did a great job of breaking it all down over there. So well, let's let's move into quickly. Another movie came out over this uh, last couple of weeks, and that was the Tetris movie. And so uh, if you have not checked it out, it's over on Apple TV. Uh, Apple TV Plus uh, has it. It was uh, directed by John S. Baird. Writer uh, was Noah Pink and starred Taryn Ingerton, Mara Huff, and Miles Barrow. And uh, had several different uh, nods to the actual story. Of course, it was dramatized, um, made to be this really big uh 
drama-filled story, when which it kind of was, if you know what actually happened uh, in gaining the rights to Tetris and being able to sell it. It definitely is there. Um, again, uh, if you've not checked out, The Gaming Historian has a great, about hour-long documentary on the actual story that that happened. Did it, he did it like several years ago? Really, really good and well done. Um, but uh, but this, yeah, it it. it turns some different things and you know makes them more dramatized for a movie and and all that stuff but it's still like they it was kind of crazy times um you know it's, it was the, the 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 turning corner of when the USSR was starting to become not a thing so much uh but like the Soviet Union was still very much a thing and they're but they're almost at the edge of that and how Tetris kind of helps maybe start that whole thing but the the disagreements between Mirrorsoft and uh bulletproof gaming and nintendo comes in the whole story and all these different things and the rights and all that stuff um i i was entertained my wife watched it with me and and felt that like she was like i can't do this because the attention was so much for her she's like i was like it's okay we know how it ends um (laughs) but uh but yeah it was still it was still you know, the, the tension was really high throughout the movie, uh, and everything, but, uh, I thought it was well done, well acted. I think they did a really good job. Yes. They took some liberties with the story and, and changed some, some moments that didn't exactly happen just like that. Uh, but overall I, I enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. Um, Barry, Greg, did either of you guys get a chance to, to watch it yet? I don't have Apple TV plus, so I saw the trailer. It looks good. I, I want to watch it, but I did not see it. Yeah, I also don't have Apple TV Plus, but I might look into trying to get one of those uh, trial things just so I could actually watch it. But yeah, it does sound pretty intriguing. And I did see like the gaming historian's history of Tetris. So that does sound very interesting the way they might have adapted it. So yeah. Yeah. The good thing is that Apple gives away free trials like it's candy sometimes. So um, I'm hoping there's a Blu-ray. Just that, check it out, and yeah, it'd be it'd be cool if it is. And yeah, it's it's not. I mean, just go into it knowing it's not exactly how it's happened. I think that's the that's the biggest negatives that I've heard people saying. We're like, oh, they took too many liberties with it. And like, it it was based on a true story. It's not the actual retelling of the story. If you want yeah. that, there are documentaries out there that do a fantastic job. This is based on the true story, and it's it's pretty darn close, like to what actually happened. So. I just, you know, think of how different it would be if Nintendo actually wound up owning it. Like, I mean, obviously they own certain things like the music and stuff, but if if Nintendo wound up owning Tetris as an IP. Oh, in the end, yeah. Yeah, yeah in the end. They they got a, it's it's really interesting too, because they, they play out the whole thing and how Game Boy forced a lot of stuff and and getting the handheld rights versus like a lot of that played into how they defined what a, PC game was versus a console game and all that plays into the rights for Tetris versus the handheld rights to like how all that works as well. Um, that was the Tetris story is all when like them and, uh, and Atari really hit it hard over the console rights over Tetris as well. And that was a big thing that they I don't know if they, I think it took a long time for them to finally recover from that. Um, there was a, there's a lot of history that's, that's woven into this simple puzzle game that was developed behind the iron curtain by some guy that just really liked programming and unfortunately went years and years and years from not 
uh, and, and didn't financially benefit from this amazing game that he created. But finally he did. And now he's co-owner of the Tetris company and the rest is history. But, but for a long time, like this, this, this game that took the world by storm, like he saw no financial benefits from it whatsoever. Welcome to communism. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I'm just glad it has ended well for him now. And, uh, and, and the world, like he's been able to see how much the world just loves his game and, and likes him. He's a very likable dude. Like you can see interviews and everything with him now. And, uh, he's a really likable guy and, and was brilliant and, and creating it. So, so if, yeah, if you want to see the actual story, gaming story, and this is a fantastic documentary over it. But if you want to see it dramatized and taking a little, little bit of liberty with the story, um, check out Tetris over on Apple TV plus. So let's, uh, that's the end of our, what is normally a gaming focused, uh, <laughs> news section and, and discussion section, but we've focused a lot on movies tonight, which is, which is awesome. It's great to know that video game movies aren't all crap. Like they, they were for a long time. <laughs> say that. <laughs> I do want to say at least like our, the adaptions are starting to get better because we all know the reverse has never really been the true. Like when they do the movie adaptions into games, those don't usually turn out the best. I mean, there are obviously exceptions, GoldenEye and stuff like that. But um, for the most part, they get like a bad rap because they, I don't know if it's like timing or whatever, if they try to stay too true to the original movie and might be harder to tr like translate into a game. But finally seeing like a game like done right as a movie definitely was a step like in that in the right direction. I know a lot of the earlier video game adaptions haven't been the best. Like obviously the original Mario Brothers movie and some other ones obviously are out there as well. But hopefully this is a good turning point where we'll see like the reverse starting to actually happen and work they can make good better adaptions. You know, I'm I'm honestly surprised that Nintendo has not pulled a Capcom here. Uh, and made a Mario Brothers the movie the game because Capcom I think is the only company that actually made a movie based on a game and then made a game based on the movie based on the game with Street Fighter the movie the game which is a fighting game based on the Street Fighter movie which is obviously based on the Street Fighter game yeah. and it's very meta and it's very terrible but <laughs> I want to I want I'm surprised Nintendo hasn't done the Super Mario Brothers movie the game as a yeah. tie in or something it's like the high school musical the musical the movie the musical TV show yeah. whatever things <laughs> they got going on yeah, yeah I I missed you because back when they announced the movie, I was almost expecting them to be like, "Oh, here's like a new Super Mario Brothers game." Like as like a mm -hmm. like that was like yeah, their lead into like like to actually have like a game that was going to be launching around the same time as the movie. It may not necessarily like a full like tie-in like a game about the movie or whatever. But like, a, yeah. I'm surprised that they didn't have like a launching Mario title alongside like a mainline Mario title with it. They asked the Miyamoto about it and he was said, please stay tuned for future yeah. updates and any information on the Mario game. I think there will be one this year. Yeah. I think it'd be really yeah. stupid for them not to have something. Oh yeah, capitalize on that for sure. Mario, Mario Mania is going to be up again and uh, capitalize on that. So, so are time, you wearing red or are you wearing white or like what are you wearing to the blue for the eyes? Like where are you positioned so we Mario, can create the, the Mario, giant Mario across Mario. the planet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I think now thinking back though, I'm I'm sure this is this is one of the reasons the movie is probably one of the reasons why we haven't seen a new Mario movie recently. 
I bet Nintendo was spending a ton of time making sure this movie was good. <laughs> like they did not want a repeat of the last time. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Well, let's uh, let's jump into some news headlines and cover some quick stories. I think we got about five of them that we want to make sure that you guys know about. And uh, kicking it off is Greg talking about some Zelda news. Yeah, so it wasn't something that I didn't really get from the Mario movie was like any references to Zelda, especially like in the NES scene in the beginning. But um, there was a little known character named uh, Alnuma had a little briefing for Tears of the Kingdom that will be coming out in actually just around a month's time of this uh, recording. And it pretty much just showed off some of Link's new abilities, like his ascend ability, his ability to kind of construct all sorts of different weapons and everything and other types of um, vehicles and stuff with like some like forging abilities, like emerging. And so if you've missed out on that, you can, the video is still live on YouTube to check out some more details on the game and it will be out before we know it here on May 12th. And uh, speaking of checking out awesome videos, uh, in just two days at 7 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, uh, which is 4.12, we have the latest Premium Edition Direct, our Spring Direct. Uh, we're going to have a lot of announcements, a lot of fun stuff that we're going to be able to talk about that I would love to tell you right now, but I just can't. But we've been working very hard behind the scenes, uh, doing some some last minute you know, changes just to make it as perfect as possible. So you'll have to stay tuned. And afterwards, you'll be able to check out all the live information, the Q&A we're going to have over on our Twitch, a Premium's Twitch. So please join there and uh, you know, hopefully you, you have a good time and enjoy what you see. And after our last podcast, we we had a good conversation on the last podcast about E3. And unfortunately, on March 30th, the ESA and Reed Pop, who was uh, in charge of putting on E3 this year, made an announcement that they have decided to cancel E3 2023. Uh, they say expect more in the future. Um, so they have not officially canceled E3 as an overall thing moving forward, but the 2023 experience is has been canceled, uh, basically saying that a lot of game companies wouldn't be able to have all their stuff ready in time. But uh, I think we kind of know it was because everybody was dropping like flies anyway, and there was going to be no one there. So might as well cancel the event. Speaking of things that were canceled, well, sort of canceled, there's been some issues going on on xbox uh consoles where you can actually use some emulators and apparently you were able to play a lot of the old like uh nintendo games and then a q a representative from microsoft indicated that it was in fact due to legal issues with nintendo as to why they had to remove some of like the emulation stuff from their xbox store um but i think actually a few days after there was an update and microsoft like clarified that it's like actually all this stuff regarding nintendo is actually um, not accurate it's just been pretty much where our store policy is we should be allowing like emulation done like on our platform and it's not just particular to nintendo in general so um it's obviously kind of stinks for people that don't uh, have like the older systems and have to resort to that kind of stuff. But obviously it's not really necessarily legal for most people to be able to play those kinds of games on current hardware. Well, and speaking of the different companies, let's talk a little bit about the console wars. It's a term that many people have heard before 
it originated in marketing way back in the you know, television versus Atari. Uh, and now it seems that it's not just for the fanboys to go out against each other, but instead the companies. Sony apparently has been throwing shade at both Nintendo and Microsoft in various patents for over a decade. One example says, for example, an end-user device may be a personal computer, a home entertainment system, such as the Sony PlayStation 2, Sony PlayStation 3, Sony PlayStation 4, a portable gaming device, such as the Soy PSP, because apparently they couldn't spell their own name right, or Sony Vita, or a home entertainment system of a different, a bit inferior manufacturer. Now, while not just naming Nintendo or Microsoft, it is clear who they're talking about. And what's even more interesting is in the patents, there's a line that usually reads, please use the PDF version for legal matters. And if you use the PDF version, that particular part of it is omitted. So it's really weird. Uh, Sony has yet to comment about this discovery, but it, it's just sort of, sort of like telling that all this time at least for the past decade or so, Sony, behind the scenes, has been taking little jabs at their competitors. I guess someone has an inferior inferior complex or something, you know? Someone thinks they're hot shit. <laughs> oh, just when we thought the console wars were over, at least Microsoft and Nintendo are getting along. Then they are. And they're probably getting along a lot better now after this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. like, hey, did you see what Sony's been doing? Yeah, let's team up more. <laughs> Nintendo Switch Online now available on Xbox Live. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. No, we might get the uh, Microsoft uh, uh, Game Pass. Yeah, Microsoft there. Live. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we get the uh, we get the Game Pass. I get the Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going uh, kind of long since we talked a lot about the the, the new uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie quite a bit earlier. But uh, just a real quick one to see if you guys had any further thoughts about any of these stories, Barry. Um, yeah, so we, we talked at length last time about E3. Um, I really was hoping that they would evolve this year, or maybe they'll evolve next year. Uh, I was always sad to see it get canceled. Uh, it didn't, didn't surprise me because we talked about Ubisoft last time, and like the day later, Sega backed out, and then they were like, all right, we're done. So I was like, all right, they're, they're really dropping like flies. Um, so that saddens me. Uh, King, uh, Tears of the Kingdom looks exciting. I, I love what they showed off. I'm already sold on it, but I did watch it. Uh, they also showed off the Switch, and the, the Switch looks great. And, of course, I had to pre-order it. And, uh, you know, also the uh, the uh, carrying case and, and the, the Pro Controller. I had to get it all because I have a sickness and an issue, and someone help me, please. <laughs> um, uh, then the, the Xbox thing, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, and, and this may be like, hey, we want to work with Nintendo more. This is why we're doing it. Uh, the Sony thing also honestly doesn't surprise me either because Sony is arrogant as all get out. And, uh, you know, while I love Sony products and I do love PlayStation, um, obviously nowhere near as much as Nintendo, uh, I don't like Sony. I, they're my least favorite of the three uh, just because of their arrogance. And they, they've had that for a while. And, of course, uh, as for the Premium Direct, considering I wrote it uh, and, and been working for the past several weeks on doing my best to make it as perfect as possible, uh, very high hopes for it and hope you enjoy it, but because it's, it's been consuming my life, uh, for quite a while. <laughs> nice. Greg. Yeah. I mean, the 
Tears of the Kingdom stuff was already, as Barry said, and even I said in the previous podcast, I've already been sold. I've pre-ordered the digital version of it. And to to much of my own surprise, I really did like the Switch, like the Zelda Switch and did pre-order one for myself. So um, I they had no more pro controllers left for pre-order, unfortunately, but um, I definitely will be pretty happy to actually have a Zelda system. So it's I haven't had any of the previous Zelda systems. This is, will be my first one, so it'll be really great to finally have one. I've really liked like the Wii U version that they did and also the 3DS and stuff. It just finally the stars aligned for me to get uh, a Zelda-themed system. Yeah, in terms of E3, I mean, unfortunately, I think we all saw the writing on the wall, and I was just trying to be more optimistic than thinking it was going to be true. But, I mean, pretty much I was kind of figuring with – like pretty much all the big th- main three players, Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft not doing anything. It was pretty much inevitable before this was going to happen. And it probably just took the other major players to kind of step out like Ubisoft and Sega and stuff before like, all right, well, there's no real point to <laughs> be charging people to enter this facility. And we don't have any big companies here to actually here to show stuff. So hopefully they can figure stuff out in the future to allow this to go forward definitely miss like those that experience that me and steve got to have back in 2014 that we did um in terms of the microsoft stuff it was nice to see that like microsoft is kind of trying to like, honor like uh, other trademarks and stuff and to remove like emulation stuff i know nintendo always gets like hacked and gets pirate like people can pirate the software in the stores and all that stuff so it's great to see that the Microsoft also kind of wants to fall in line with that and not just strictly allow it to happen. And yeah, with the Sony stuff, it's, I guess they're still kind of bitter ever since uh, Nintendo broke off their contract back in the early 90s. So <laughs> that created the PlayStation to begin with. So, oh well, I mean, it's, they're still <laughs> not over that from all those years ago. <laughs> and yeah, just stay tuned to Premium and be. Exciting to see some of the new announcements coming out on Wednesday. Nice. Nice. Yep. I think uh, Tears of the Kingdom, I had kind of forgotten that it was coming out in May. And I was like, oh, well, there goes my May and possibly by June as well. Uh, so that's that's going to be great. Um, I kind of, for my life situation, it'd be great if it got delayed. Um, I don't want it to happen for you guys and everybody else, but like, I'm not ready to dive into no. a 100-hour game right now. But uh, That's my last hurrah. I need that. You have no idea. <laughs> no, it also gives me, it would give me another prediction correct uh, for this year as well. So. Uh, no, I don't want it to happen for sure, but... Um, but yeah, of course, uh, always excited about what premium shows off as well. Um, the other things are just silly. They're they're funny. It's funny that Sony still wants to pick fights and everything this far into how how gaming is nowadays. And it's just silly that stuff still happens. So I guess it's been running for 10, 10 years. Maybe they're going to change it when they write new patents, but who knows? But it's it's also funny that it take it's taken this long for people to notice it. So. I don't know. Um, but anyway, let's uh, before we jump into what's coming out over the next couple of weeks and what games we're going to be playing, uh, we just want to remind you, if you are new to the podcast, we would love for you to join us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Nintendo Fuse. 
That's where we're most active, and we would love to uh, to have your follow over there. And if you have not done so yet, please join us on our Discord. Uh, we love interacting with you guys, talking games, talking life, and so much more in our growing Discord community. The link is on the screen, but also in the show notes. And you can find also the link to our social media there as well, as well as some affiliate links for uh, some ripped uh, apparel and some other things uh, will also be on our show notes. And we'd love for you to check all of those things out and uh, join us. If you've enjoyed the podcast so far and you're like, man, I want to hang out more with these people and, and the other people in their community, the discord is a great place to do that. You can also send in questions. If you have uh, things that you want to, us to talk about in future episodes, you can send us a link or an email to podcast at nintendofuse.com. And uh, like I said, all those links and everything to our social media and our discord are going to be in the show notes, the YouTube description as well. But uh, let's turn our attention to the next couple weeks. Our next podcast will be recorded live on April 24th, 2023. And until then, we've got uh, got some games coming out. So if you're watching the video version, I'm going to be scrolling those on the screen thanks to Metacritic's website. Uh, but uh, we'll, I'll go over some of the, the big ones that I think are notable. And then uh, we will also talk about the games that we're going to be hoping to play over the next couple of weeks. So, Battle, Ma- uh, sorry, Metal uh, Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection. I didn't realize it was going to be so hard to say. Uh, that comes out on April 14th. Minecraft Legends comes out on April 18th. Disney Speedstorm comes out also on April 18th. Final Fantasy One through Six Pixel Remasters uh, come out on April 19th. DNF Duel comes out on April 20th, and Advance Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp finally comes out on April 21st. So uh, what are you going to be hoping to play over the next couple weeks, Barry? Uh, hopefully finish Rise of 2 and work through Rise of 3. Uh, if I can finish that in time, uh, Process of Elimination uh, looks really good. That's That's coming out. Uh, this I think in like a, this week I think, and that's uh, maybe even tomorrow. That's a, like a Duncan Rampa style game, so I might jump into that. It really depends on how long the Rise of Games take. I might might uh, focus a little bit on the Kirby Extra mode uh, in between if I need a little break from one RPG to another. I, I think it, <laughs> it depends on how Rise of Two ends if I want to jump right into the, the finale or not. But uh, yeah, that's my main focus, other than my usual stuff. Nice. Greg, how about you? Well, playing-wise, I'll probably be continuing on with some of the games. I still have, like, Fire Emblem Engage and also um, more Oregon Trail and stuff to play. And as Barry will never let me forget, Xenoblade 3. So there's still definitely quite a list of games I already have that I need to be playing and be adding more time into. I mean, I probably still will try to pick up, like, the Final Fantasy 4 and 6. Those were two of my only Final Fantasy games I've played because they were on the Super Nintendo and I absolutely love them to bits because they play a lot like the Dragon Quest series that was a lot more on the Nintendo systems up until uh, 7. So yeah, I was probably be picking up at least those two and then also probably Advance Wars just because it's kind of similar to Fire Emblem but more modern like stuff with like tanks and stuff. So I've Never got to play the Advanced War series and I've only heard good things about it. And it will just be added into my backlog as well. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, I think uh, I I don't think I'm planning on getting any new games. Um, like I said, I've been 
redeeming a lot of games that I've been getting from review copies and things like that. So I'll be making my way through through those sort of things and and trying to to get through those. I also realized um, a, a game that I feel like I've heard a lot from. I think both of you, uh, Demons Tier. Um, oh yeah. Apparently, I have a copy of that and didn't realize it. So I'm going to try to see if I can uh, play some Demons Tier um, pretty soon. And then uh, hopefully see if I can fit in some time to finally finish off Life is Strange 2. Um, I, I haven't had a large chunks of, of playtime recently. I've had enough time to to play around with a bunch of uh, shorter games and things like that. But um, but yeah, hopefully I'll be able to get it in there and, and finish out uh, Life is Strange 2. But um, yeah, no, no no new games for me. Um, working on the back backlog as well. Greg, uh, how have you been jumping into the original Life is Strange anymore recently? I need to load that back up. That's been hitting the been hit part of the backlog. I still really wanted to continue it. I that one I really probably should be putting more focus into because it's shorter than some of these longer RPG games that are a lot easily like more dozens of hours into it um on a side note like my i was able to talk my girlfriend into getting to true colors so i definitely kind of want to like appreciate the actual life is strange like one and two and have a better picture of it like just to have is like those games are just so i was so intrigued to get them and then they're finally here and then they're just been kind of sitting so i really want to hope to jump into those coming up soon nice nice well that moves us to the end of the episode in terms of all we're going to be talking about barry anything uh, other than like really probably the premium direct is like the biggest thing in both of you guys' lives uh probably coming up in the next couple weeks any anything beyond that uh yeah that's that's the big thing uh so we've got uh, Kickstarter launching tomorrow for Poglings, which we previously announced we were working with. So definitely check that out. Uh, we got the direct on Wednesday. Uh, I'm sure I'll be, I'll be reaching out here to some friends. So who knows how many podcasts I'll be on. I know I, I am recording one uh, with Games My Mom Found already. That's happening on Thursday. That's completely unrelated, though. Um, and uh, yeah, just, you know, uh, meetings, you know, doctor visits for for pregnancy which is always fun and and we're starting socialization training with puppies so life life is very busy and and all culminating in in july so we're trying to get as much done we're working on the nursery now so like like (laughs) things are starting to get real and it's it's very weird (laughs) that's crazy july is going to be here before we know it i know i know (laughs) i'll be doing an episode from the hospital you know yeah It's probably a good thing for you that we don't have E3 to cover because you're going to be oh. full like the home stretch at that moment. <laughs> no, if we had E3 to cover, she'd be like, oh, my God, I need something. I'm in labor pain. Shh. Nintendo Direct. <laughs> no, no, Nintendo Direct. Yeah. Keep that, tell that baby to stay in there until Nintendo Direct is over. him come early right in the middle of when E3. <laughs> no, you stay in there. Get a fork. <laughs> Nice. Don't make me push my hand in there. (laughs) Keep it in. (laughs) Greg, anything uh, going on your your neck of the woods for the next couple weeks? Well, yeah. I mean, I know we had talked like the about my cat no longer being around anymore. Um, 
I've been getting pushed from different directions to like, oh, you should probably look into getting a dog and adding more around that side. So I don't know if that will be in at least the coming time. I mean, I definitely need a little bit of time just to like have everything settle down. And it's been nice to have my girlfriend's dogs here to just keep have extra company and stuff while she's out of town. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know if like something like that's going to be coming down the road and any other life changes like with that, like upcoming, but it's all hopefully going to be a lot more going up from here and everything from there. So um, I did, we did get to go to Comic-Con and that was a lot of fun and like the C2E2, which is a big thing of Chicago. I think I probably talked about that last time, but just to reiterate, it was just still pretty fun to kind of do that kind of thing and be nice to, I was trying to tell people about the Midwest classic because it was a lot of fun last year and, I just didn't realize that they moved it up quite a bit this year. So um, hoping to find some other conventions and stuff to go to or find, see about going to visiting some other game stores and try to help push premium around. I did see that there was like a new um, cafe that opened up near me that does like arcades and drinks and stuff. So that should be pretty fun to go check out and hopefully in the, before the next podcast, at least for that part of it. But cool. Yeah, things have been pretty busy and summer is kind of coming up very quickly and it'll be nice to enjoy the weather again outside. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, nothing nothing big in my life uh, before the next podcast, but right after the next podcast, I'll be starting to travel and I'll be doing a lot more traveling over the next few months and everything. So uh, yeah, looking forward to, to that. Um, but I think, yeah, the next couple of weeks is going to be uh basically normal so hopefully to get some get some more time gaming and uh things like that also enjoying the fact that finally i think winter is officially over in colorado um we had another bout of it last week but i think it's supposed to be in the 80s this week so yeah hopefully uh winter is done um i'd still love to get out and go skiing though because apparently there are hundreds and hundreds of inches of snow in the mountains that would make for awesome spring skiing but uh, i've not gotten up there yet so maybe maybe i'll be able to this year we'll see but at this rate the snow will be there through july so um i think i think a couple a couple of the places said they're going to be open open and through june um you can still go skiing through june <laughs> which is just crazy wow. think about yeah so well thank you guys so much for being here for episode 269 we're gonna be back on april 24th for our next live recording we'd love for you to join us that's april 24th 2023 but uh if you haven't seen it yet go check out the new super mario brothers movie not the new super mario brothers movie the, the that's super the mario sequel that's the sequel that you know that's what they're gonna do sometime <laughs> maybe maybe partnership with illumination will talk them out of naming things but uh yeah go check out the super mario brothers movie check out tetris if you have apple tv plus check out some of the games we've been talking about and we will see you next time on the nintendo fuse podcast but until then happy gaming have a good one see you next time